You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. Attitude reflects leadership. We see a lot of that in our world today. Attitude reflects leadership. Now, before you go and make this a political thing, it's not political, so don't make it that. But we are, the Bible tells us that we are like sheep. And so as sheep, we follow the loudest voice. And right now, the loudest voice is bitterness. Right now, the loudest voice is divisiveness. Right now, the loudest voice is a bunch of spoiled babies that don't get their way. That's the loudest voice. And we tend to follow that. And guys, what I want you to know today is attitude and the way we look at things is everything to us. And if we don't have the right kind of attitude, we're never going to accomplish anything. Guys, if you want to do something, you first got to think that you can do it or you never will. I could preach a lot there, but all right, let's, let's grab your Bibles. Go to Esther. We're in Esther uh, today, and you saw last week, uh, Pastor Grant and Tina did a, did a good job. Yes, I was watching them from Mexico. Yes, I was heckling them from Mexico. Uh, you know, when you grow up, get your own church, you can do whatever you want to, right? Uh, <laughs> We were we were sitting uh, eating breakfast and and the whole family was watching uh, while we were eating our eggs and looking at the beach thinking fondly of you guys. Uh, But we saw last week uh, that Esther became queen. For such a time as this, I knew Tina would be super excited that that verse was going to be last week. Uh, (laughs) When I saw how it worked out, I was like, well, Grant's not going to get to preach. Uh, (laughs) Hey, but you got to do some. That was nice of her. It's nice of her to let you be her her hype man on the side. Uh, (laughs) and, uh, And so Esther is now queen, and she has a plan. They, They know that uh, that Haman is out to get them, and they're trying to figure out what's going on, but they've got a plan. Esther asked the king if if she could do could throw a banquet and, and invite whoever she wanted, and so that has begun at this point. Now, I'm saying today we are in Esther chapter 5 and 6. I'm only going to speak from a short part of chapter 5. It's actually the end of chapter 5. So go home and read 5 and 6 so that you will not be lost next week, because next week we wrap up the whole thing. We did Esther in four weeks. Woohoo, right? Uh, But, you know, you should be reading your Bible anyway, but when you read your Bible, this week, gander at chapter five, at chapter six, and it'll get you caught up. And where we're reading is right at the end of an exchange between Mordecai and Haman. So if you have your Bibles, grab them. Esther chapter 5. I'll start in verse 9. Uh, if you don't have your Bible, don't worry about it. Download the Church Center app. Go to your Google Play or Apple App Store. Download the Church Center app. It has everything you need for Hope Church. I know many of you are thinking, you know, I'm really sad that they don't do announcements anymore. Are you sad? Good. I'm glad. <laughs> Someone said yes. Who said yes? You get to do it next week. Uh, and <laughs> but 
It's great because you have an interactive announcements. Download the Church Center app, slide down in the home to announcements. Click on it, and then you can look at all of the announcements. Ne- all right, the first announcement, I believe, is the Blazing Challenge. You're like, what the heck is that? I didn't know what it was either when Zoe brought it to staff meeting. Now, I still don't know, want to know what it is, but now I know what it is. Wednesday, we get to have a little fun. How many of you think we should have fun in church? How many of you think we should not have fun in church? Get out. Um, and you're supposed to have fun. Jesus had fun. He jacked with his disciples all the time. He, he, he knew a storm was coming and he fell asleep and he said, watch what happens. See if they wake me up, right? I mean, come on. He's God. Anyway, um, so the Blazing Challenge is 6.30 on Wednesday. You get to come here, bring money. Don't worry, we'll have a way for you to give via card as well. And you can uh, give money for us to suffer. You're like, why would we suffer? Because we're raising money for BGMCs, which is Boys and Girls Mission Challenge. We're doing the Blazing Challenge. So we are getting the Blazing Wings from Buffalo Wild Wings. (sighs) And it's $25 per wing, and you get to choose who eats said wing. You spell Tina, T-I-N-A. You spell Grant, G-R-A-N-T. The pastoral staff, you spell Mo, M-O-E, Zoe, M-O-E. And that's it. What? Oh, yeah. You spell Todd, M-O-E, and you spell Grant, (laughs) T-I-N-A. Yeah. So, Whoever you choose gets to eat uh, the wing. However many, once you you keep giving, we keep eating, uh, and we suffer uh, for long periods of time afterwards. And uh, so anyway, that is going on on Wednesday. You could be live in the house Wednesday in here. Uh, My beautiful wife, Crystal, is going to be MC of the evening, so she's coming up with a lot of great bits. Uh, It's going to be great. Uh, so she's going to do some karaoke. Uh, you know, it's going to be fun. <laughs> I'm just making it up as I go. And uh, <laughs> karaoke, yeah. You can see, let it go. <laughs> let it go. Don't give them wings anymore. Uh, so, but if you're like, oh, dang, I can't be here, it will be live streamed on Facebook. And you will be able to give through Facebook. We will have someone watching the Facebook stream and they will be monitoring the money. Now, you can't just say, I want Todd to eat a wing uh, and not give $25. No, 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 no. We will check your giving uh, and we will check and make sure it hit the bank before said wing hits the mouth. Okay? So do not miss it. It's going to be a blast uh, for you. And yeah, hopefully we'll raise some money for missions because, you know, why shouldn't we suffer for people to know about Jesus all over the world, right? Then next Sunday is a baptism service. We are going to try to have baptism in church next Sunday. If you would like to be baptized, you can click on, I believe you can click on the link in the announcements, uh, click on the baptism graphic, and it will take you to the baptism uh, form. Fill it out. 
one of us will contact you this week and get you uh, hooked up. We had several kids that gave their life to Jesus in VBS, so we want them to have an opportunity to get baptized. Also, the staff wanted to try out having baptism on Sunday. What could go wrong? It'll be fun. And uh, so, didn't we? Didn't we say that? That was Mo's idea, wasn't it? No? <laughs> Whose idea was it? That wasn't my idea. I liked Wednesday better, but it's fine. We'll do it on Sunday. Sounds great. All right. <laughs> it's your mom's idea. Anyway, uh, <laughs> she's a good lady. I mean, <laughs> she really is. All right. Before we go too far, uh, we probably already have. Let's go to Esther chapter 5, starting in verse 9. Hello, everybody on the Facebook stream, wherever you're watching. If you could comment down below, tell me where you're watching. Tell me how many wings that you want Tina to eat. Uh, that's going to be great. Uh, you can already just go ahead and start counting your money. Uh, we'd love for Tina to eat. How many wings are we getting? 150? Could you eat 150 wings, Tina? I bet you could. I bet you could. Esther chapter 5, starting verse 9, it says, And Haman went out that day, joyful and glad of heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, that he neither rose nor trembled before him, he was filled with wrath against Mordecai. Now let's stop there. How full of it do you have to be that you get upset when somebody walks by you and doesn't cower in your presence. Essentially, that's what the Bible's saying. Haman was upset that Mordecai walked by him and he went, uh, and he didn't flinch, right? And he was, he was like, what? That, he needs to respect me. Filled with anger. Verse 10, nevertheless, Haman restrained himself and went home. And he sent and brought his friends and his wife, Zerish. And Haman recounted to them the splendor of his riches. This sounds like a great guy, right? Recounting to them the splendor. Did you know how rich I am? Uh, yeah. And splendor of his riches. The, the number of his sons and all the promotions with which the king had honored him and how he had advocated him above the officials and the servants of the king. Don't you know how special I am? Verse 12, then Haman said, even Queen Esther, let no one but me come with the king to the feast she prepared. And tomorrow also I am invited by her together with the king. He's bragging about it, but he doesn't know she's setting him up. It's a trap. 13, yet all this is worth nothing to me. So long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. Then his wife, Zerish, and all his friends said to him, let a gallows 50 cubits high be made, and in the morning tell the king to have Mordecai hanged upon it, then go joyfully with the king to the feast. The idea pleased Haman, and he had gallows made. This is a very good example of be careful what friends you put around you. I'm going to talk about these friends next time, uh, and you're going to find out something special about all these friends. But today, I want to look at a tale of two attitudes. We're going to look at Haman's attitude and Mordecai's attitude. And you're going to find out today, one of these attitudes is not an attitude to have. Another attitude is probably one that we should all strive for. Now, it's Father's Day. I get to preach on Father's Day, so I have six points. Don't worry. 
we're good. All right. So the first, first, but first we're going to talk about Haman and we're going to talk about three bad attitudes that Haman had. Number one, he was jealous. He was jealous. He said that he neither rose nor trembled before him. Guys, social media has turned jealousy into a sport. We scroll through Facebook and we look at all these things. And here's the problem. People show you their top 1%. But you don't know what goes behind all this. Let me give you an example. Let's look at this picture. Look at this beautiful picture. Aww. Don't we look all sunburned? All right? But you look at this picture and you say, aren't they one big happy family? Right? Look at Crystal's hands. What is she doing? She's restraining Jonah. Yeah. Notice Jonah doesn't have hands because Crystal's holding them. Notice Isaiah. Isaiah's like, what? What? Because he's too busy playing with whatever that is, and he finally just looked over for the... Now, Noah and Maddie, you can tell, they've been in this family a long time. They know that we take way too many pictures, and they know the sooner we get it over with, the better. Right, Noah? Yeah. <laughs> so, but you see this and you say, oh, such a wonderful vacation. Look at the blue water. They're on a boat. It's so nice. I bet they love each other. You don't know. And Noah's my witness. Not minutes before, I was screaming at them because they were wandering off on a beach. And I told them, you're going to get lost in Mexico and people are going to steal you and sell you. And I'm not going to feel bad. <laughs> Did I say that, Noah? Yes. <laughs> but you see happy family. You didn't see us yelling and screaming at each other to get on the boat, walking on a dock that had no handrails on it. Get, get over here. Over here. You know, one of the kids are going to fall in the ocean. But you see the top 1%. Happy, smile. Look at the camera. <laughs> but that's the problem. You look at that and go, I bet that family never yells at each other or fights. You'd be wrong. But we compare this, which is the polished 1%, and Crystal's got the head to the side, you know, the good. And then Isaiah's like, what? What's going on? You, you compare this to your bottom 99%. You compare this to your worst day. And guys, I'm here to tell you, we just, we were able to capture a moment. That's it. And we compare everybody else's top to our bottom. We look at, we look at somebody else's wife. Oh, look, honey, her wife, his wife has food set on the table for him when he comes home. She rubs his feet while he washes, while he watches sports or, or the, uh, or, or the wives go, Oh, look, he got her flowers even though it was Mother's Day. Isn't he so thoughtful? It's quiet because you've done it before. Um, but the problem is when we compare ourselves to another person, jealousy rises to the top. Then the second thing happens. Bitterness. Bitterness. That's right, Brinkley. You're with me. Bitterness. Haman was jealous and he was bitter. He said he was filled with wrath against Mordecai. 
Guys, many times we're bitter towards someone else. And you know what? It does not hurt them. And they probably don't even care. Or they don't even know that you're bitter. But yet we continue to be bitter. We continue to let that bitterness hurt us. And all it does is hurt you. Guys, bitterness is like a, like a root that just gets down and it, and, it, and it drives division or it sucks the life out of everything around it. If you've ever been to my house, I've had a, I have a ginormous tree in the front of my house. It is now dead. The snowpocalypse killed it. Um, but it's got root. It's a large root system. And I have no grass in my front yard. Why? Because the roots suck all the moisture out of the ground around it. Bitterness is the same way. When you allow bitterness to reap its, its root system in every part of your life, it sucks the happiness out of every part of your life. And if you don't stop it, it will never stop. Guys, you have to let it go. Let it go. Because you can't hold it back anymore. You have to. You have to. You can either get bitter or better. But you can't be both. And it's just switching one letter, if you'll notice. The I and the E. But the I and the E, the I will destroy your life. The E will set you free. And guys, can we be adults? Is that possible? Instead of being bitter and posting passive-aggressive posts that don't put somebody's name on Facebook, even though everybody in the world knows exactly who you're talking about, just be a grown-up and go talk to them. I mean, back in the day, I grew up, we'd go out into the yard. My brother, Brandon's here. We'd go out, we'd beat the crap out of each other. Then we'd be best friends again. Why can't we do that anymore? Now, I'm not advocating go to beat each other up, okay? <laughs> and Brandon's old. Uh, I'd break his hip. But uh, <laughs> it's true, I was. <laughs> but why can't we go and talk to each other? Why can't we see eye to eye? Why can't we say, hey, man, when you said this the other day, you hurt my feelings. You know, all the time people come to me and say, hey, pastor, when you said this, it really hurt my feelings. You know what I say? You know, hey, I had no idea, and I'm really sorry. You know, nine times out of ten, somebody probably hurt your feelings, and they didn't even know they did it. And if they did it, they're probably sorry that they did it. Now, there's that one-tenth of people that aren't, don't care, but, you know, Jesus will deal with them. But don't let, don't let that one unintentional thing ruin your whole life. So he was jealous, he was bitter, and number three, he was never satisfied. Never satisfied. He said, he listed all his accolades, everything, how amazing he is. Yet, he said, it's worthless to me. Anyone have anybody in their life that no matter what you do, it's never good enough? You know, we can go back to that Mexico picture. I took the kids to Mexico. They were, they were how old are our kids? Nine, seven, three, and two in a foreign country. Like, you guys have a good time? It's all right. It's okay. They had steak for dinner every night. Was it all right? It's all right. It's okay. You know, it's all right. Anybody with kids, you know, you give them the most amazing day they've ever had. How was it? It's all right. It's okay. You know? 
You know, and some of you, your spouse is like that. You get them the most amazing anniversary gift. Hey, hey, you like this? It's, all right. it's okay. You know, <laughs> I'm like that too. You know, it's it's. I'm not really the most in, in, impressible person. You're like, oh, did you like your gift? Oh, it was great. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but guys, we have those people around us that are never satisfied. Let me tell you something. You will never be satisfied with anything that is of this world. We can only be satisfied once we place our focus on the divine. Guys, there is a, there's a problem with us as humans. We try to look for fulfillment in everything in this life. Many people look for their spouse for fulfillment. They look for their kids for fulfillment. But your spouse and your kids make bad gods. Only God can fulfill you. And we spend so much time looking for satisfaction because I can't get no satisfaction. I got songs today. I didn't have this in the first service. Y'all just bringing a song out of me. But we look for satisfaction in all other things. But we'll never find it. We can only find it from God. And guys, there's marriages that will end because people look for their spouse to be their God. And guys, I'm here to tell you, your spouse cannot carry the pressure of being your God. They can't do it. Your kids can't carry the pressure of being your God. They can't do it. Your friends, your family, stop looking for your satisfaction in people. So let's look at the next guy, Mordecai. Mordecai. Now, if you haven't caught on yet, that was the three not to do. This is the three to do, but you're smart. You were already with me. So the first thing that Mordecai was is Mordecai was faithful. He was faithful. He was faithful to raise Esther after her parents died. How many, how many guys, don't raise your hand because it's Father's Day. I don't want to call you out. How many guys would, would, would sign up to raise a kid on their own? I told my wife that she's not allowed to go anywhere, pass away, anything, until all the kids turn 18. Uh, then, you know, if the Lord calls her home, that's fine. But, you know, you can't do anything. I, I'd like to grow old with her, uh, but she really can't go anywhere until all the kids leave the house. Because I, sometimes I don't know what to do with these things that we have, right? You know, Maddie will come to me, Daddy, can you do this? Anybody ever try to do a, a, a little girl's hair and being a guy? I'm like, I, I what? what? I'm getting better. I wasn't very good at it. Yeah. And Maddie, Maddie's really bossy. So she'll, uh, she'll tell you what to do too. Uh, if you listen and then she'll also critique you like, ow, ow, ow. I'm like, Maddie, I'm doing my best. Okay. My hair's like this long. Okay. I can't help it. <laughs> but can you imagine raising someone that wasn't your kid? He was a faithful man. Faithful people do what is needed without being asked. You know, we have a lot of faithful people up here at church. Now, one of them that reminds me is, is Steve Godfrey. If you don't know Steve Godfrey, you need to get to know him. He's not here. He's going to be mad. Uh, this is what happens when you don't show up, Steve. I talk about you. Uh, he's, he's got a good reason to not be here. Uh, but every, if you look at the grass... He goes out and mows it. Now, there's some guys that do help him from, from time to time, so I don't want to discredit those guys. But Steve always makes sure it gets done. And you know what Steve tells me? If I'll, I'll walk in, and the grass may be a little tall, and he'll walk in, don't worry, Pastor, I'll get it taken care of. Don't, don't worry about the grass. Just, 
Don't worry about the grass. Steve, I'm not worried about the grass. I know you're going to take care of it. I'm not, there's things I have to worry about around here. The grass is not one of them because you're taking care of it. You're faithful. Faithful people take care of things without people having to check up on them. Faithfulness is doing your best for Jesus even when no one is going to check your work. Guys, did you know that taking out the trash is never done until there's a trash bag back in the trash can? Can I get an amen this morning? You know? And, and, and here's the thing. <laughs> when people take out trash here, you never know who took the trash out. And I appreciate you taking the trash, but put the trash bag back in there, you know? And now I'm not calling anybody out. If you forgot to do it, don't worry about it. I appreciate your heart and, and all that. But we've got to do our best even in taking out trash. We've got to do our best even when we're cleaning toilets. We've got to do our best even when our boss asks us to do that thing that we don't want to do. You know why we need to do our best? Because God calls us to be faithful. You know, you've got to be faithful. You know, and I, and I always say, church should be the place that we have people showing up all the time. But constantly, we're talking about in staff meeting that we have people that no call, no show to volunteer around here. Did you know that we have that problem? If you are that problem, I'd ask you to fix it. That's all. Because here's the thing. We know that things come up, but call somebody. Faithful people call somebody. Faithful people say, hey, something come up. I can't be there. We're not going to go, how dare you? Right? We're not going to. We're probably going to say something like, hey, no problem. You're going to say, hey, sorry, pastor, got diarrhea this morning. Can't leave the house. We're going to say, hey, praying for you. You know, stay on that toilet, okay? We love you. God loves you. Uh, watch the live stream. You're all good. Uh, that's what we're going to say to you. But, but why is it, guys, we, we have planning center. We use planning center. Why is it that people say they're going to be here to do something that they don't show up? We've got to be faithful. got to be felt. Now, I don't. There is no hit list. The staff doesn't share with me a hit list of you. So if you no-called, no-showed last week, uh, was not here, trust me, they weren't catching me up with who no-called, no-showed last week, okay? If it was you, just get right with God and everything will be okay. Number two, we're called to be kingdom-minded. Kingdom-minded. Mordecai guided Esther where she could end up saving God's people. Now, obviously, that benefited him, but he was kingdom-minded. He knew God was up to something, and he was trying to move and place these things in what God had called him to do. Guys, did you know that you, that you have a limited time here on this earth? And in this grand scheme of things, this time that we have here on this earth is very, very, very short. Did you know the Bible says a day is like a thousand years to God? So if you live to be 100, you're about at 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning with God. You see what I'm saying? Your life is short. So we have to be kingdom-minded in all that we do. You know, I hear a lot of people saying, well, I don't know why. I don't know why the church is not growing. I don't know why the church is not doing things in our nation. I don't know why this. I don't know why this. The answer to that is we are not kingdom-minded. Let me tell you who does this best. The Muslims do this best. 
The Muslims are growing the fastest than any other religion in the world. You know why? Because everything they do is wrapped around their faith. Everything that they do, their nations are run by their faith. Their businesses are run by their faith. That's why it's growing so fast because they're on fire, albeit for the wrong things, but they're on fire for what they've called to do. If Christians would get on fire for Jesus... That's how things would change. But yet we come in church on Sunday morning. We sit here and sing our songs. I see. Our, oh, there's a lot of words in that song. But you know, I was going to sing some of it, but I drew a blank. <laughs> I see families reunited. I see prodigals return. We sing that, and then we leave and like, eh, whatever. Get mad, flip somebody off in the church parking lot on the way out. <laughs> so there was... I, I love now, I have to be careful because I I'm, tend to be an aggressive driver, okay? This is a safe place here and everybody on the internet. Uh, I pulled up, I was, I, was, I was in a hurry and I was trying to get somewhere and then I, I was, a car was, uh, there was a car in front of me and I was like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Then I looked up and the car had a Hope Church sticker on it. I don't know who you are. You were leaving McAllister's on Friday at lunch. Uh, but I was in a hurry, and I was right behind you, and you were a good citizen, and you took your time, and you got on the road. I don't know who you were, but I hope McAllister's were good because mine was good too. Um, but, but guys, we have to be kingdom-minded in all we do. We do not have time to waste. We must put the kingdom of God first. And that was Mordecai. Mordecai was moving these chess pieces. Now, Obviously, it had everything to do with his life was at stake. But guys, we've got to understand that lives are at stake. Tina talked about there was 30 kids that accepted Jesus. You know, I know, like me, you guys, I only had to do two days of VBS, and I was whooped. I know you're whooped. But it's a good tired. You know why? Because there's 30 kids that won't go to hell because of you. And that's what we got to understand. That's what it's all about. And as long as people are dying and going to hell out there every day, we're not done. And we've got to stay kingdom-minded. So Mordecai was faithful, kingdom-minded, and lastly, he had integrity. He had integrity. This is a word that is a foreign concept in our society. He... Mordecai never took measures into his own hands. He could have killed Haman. Unfortunately, if he had killed Haman, it wouldn't have done him any good because he would have gotten killed as well because he was one of the king's men. They had to work and, and let the king see that Haman was underhanded. And they will eventually. But in the end, Haman gets to plan Mordecai's celebration. If you go home and you read the story, you'll see in chapter 6 that Haman ends up planning Mordecai's celebration. It's kind of funny how God does stuff. If you have a bad attitude and you got a bad attitude towards somebody, you might help get to plan their party. Because <sighs> Jesus wants to teach you something, right? That's how God works. And guys, you're going to see next week that this poor attitude, it ended up killing him. But guys, integrity is a concept that is rare in our culture. As Christians, if we are say we're going to do something, we need to do it and do it with excellence. Guys, that's, 
That's what we strive for around here. We don't want just, I don't want people to come with and help with VBS. And now everybody that helped with VBS was stellar. So don't, don't think I'm talking about you. I don't need people to come to VBS and help and go, welcome to VBS. These kids are driving me insane, but I'm so glad that you're here, right? Does that make you want to go on that VBS? It's like, oh, man, we got flipping Kona ice here. Now all these kids are wet, and they're getting all grass in the church. Yeah, that was me. Uh, but, <laughs> but I don't say it where everybody can hear me. Uh, <laughs> only certain people. And, uh, but that's the thing. Who wants to be around people with that attitude? You think the kids are going to want to come to a VBS? It's like, hey, get off, of, get off the chair. That's why they don't let me help with VBS. Because I'm like, get off, get off my lawn. I'm, I'm that guy, you know. But when you show up to church, did you know, especially people that greet, people that hold the door open, did you know that you may be the only Jesus that someone's ever seen? Do you know, statistics say that people decide whether or not they're going to come back to church within the first 10 minutes of their visit. Now, depending on what time you get here, some of you get later than others, I'm not up here yet. So that means they're going to decide whether or not to come back to church, not because of me, but because of you. And that comes with integrity. That comes with doing things with excellence. Guys, we put people at doors. We have people doing coffee. You know why? Because we have a plan. We have people watching the kids, and we have people that enjoy doing that. Why? Because we don't want to put your sour behind, sorry, sour is what I was trying to say, sour behind, like, you bring these kids, this kid never stops screaming the whole time, right? That's what I'd say. But the, the lovely ladies back there that hold your baby is like, he just kind of had a bad day today. It'll be a better day tomorrow. Uh, and I'm like, he was awful. Just tell me he was awful. No, he wasn't awful. He just had a bad day today, right? That's the kind of people we need because you want to give your kids to those people because it's not a bother. We got to have integrity. We got to do things with excellence. And guys, our society doesn't see this. We post random things that may not be true. Did you know that it's probably a good idea for you to fact check something before you post it on Facebook? Because if you, if you post something that is incorrect, you're lying. Now, it's a lie by omission. You didn't know it was a lie, but it's still a lie nonetheless. There's this thing called, starts with an R, it's called research. What? If we would research things and post things and have integrity about what we post, that would help in our society. If, if I've posted things before and I've had people who were kind that would post, that would message me in private and say, hey, pastor, that's not actually true. I take it down. You know why? Because I never want to spread something that's a lie. We've seen over and over and over with coronavirus, this pandemic, this uh, election cycle. We just are okay with, with posting whatever we want. My favorite, and you people with the tinfoil on your head and the people on Facebook don't shoot me, my favorite is are putting a microchip in the vaccine. They're going to track us. Well, you've been doing that for years, uh, and you've been paying for it. It's called your cell phone. 
They can find you wherever they want to find you. And they can listen to whatever they want to listen to. And you pay for them to do that. It's called your cell phone. So if you're really worried about it, cut your cell phone off and quit worrying about that. And stop spending... But don't be the one that comes up to me after service. But Pastor, you know there's really a microchip in the... Oh, oh, okay. Who cares? They're going to find me now with my microchip and my cell phone, okay? I'm not hard to find. My flipping face is all over signs all over town. Weird people. Uh... <laughs> Had a lady at the bank. I saw your face on a sign. Yeah. <laughs> you did. Said, they didn't ask me about that. <sighs> yeah. I, I've considered running for president. The options hadn't been so great lately. Uh, that was a political post. Um, <laughs> so what does this mean for us? I had six points, and I've got one question. And the question is, which one are you? If we're honest, we're quick to say, well, I'm Mordecai. I'm faithful, I'm kingdom-minded, and I'll have integrity. But if we're honest, most of the time we're Haman. I'm going to do Haman the pastor version, okay? Because it's the only version I got because I'm a pastor. As pastors, we struggle with jealousy, now, we're not jealous of other things. We're jealous of other pastors. We ask God, God, why is my church not growing that fast? God, why is my church not recovered that fast from COVID? God, why, why, why do I not have that nice a building? It gets my focus off of what I'm called to do. Bitterness. Whew, it's easy to be bitter as a pastor. Especially after some of the things that people post about me on Facebook. Now, you don't ever say my name, but everybody knows you're talking about me. It's, it's tough. And I could be bitter, but if I'm bitter and if I hold that in, you know, I had someone that was a close personal friend of mine that was around here at, at church, posted and said all over Facebook and on Kleber Nights Talking, which, you know, if you need facts, Kleber Nights Talking is where it's at, right? Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Whoever runs Kleber Nights Talking, I love you. I know it's not your fault. Uh, they posted that I was a pedophile. Yeah. And, and people were, were dogging me, never mind the fact that there's no truth to it. And this is a close personal friend of mine that I had let in my house eat with me. Now, it's been long enough that you're probably not going to know who it is. But guys, if I let that bitterness hurt me, it's going to affect how I pastor you. The way it was explained to me is when we pastor, we cut, we get cut and we bleed. We have to work hard not to bleed on other people, not let our hurts bleed out and hurt other people. And so guys, don't let that bitterness get down in you. It's easy for us as pastors to never be satisfied. You know, it's the middle of summer. You're all on vacation. A lot of people are sick today. We throw a big shindig for Father's Day and it's not gonna be as big as Mother's Day. Never satisfied, right? I'm not, actually. I, I really wish Father's Day would be a bigger day. Can we work on that for next year? That'd be awesome. Huh? Every day is Father's Day. Yeah, I don't believe you on that. But uh, <laughs> I'll show you some evidence to the contrary. Uh, and <laughs> now every day is Kids Day. I'll give you that. But um, guys, it's easy for me as a pastor to focus on 
this, but summer, you know what summer's for? Summer's to pour into the faithful people. The faithful people are here. I know summer, we pour into you because fall's coming. People will love Jesus again once they're, do- once they're not traveling anymore. And they're ready to get back to whatever it is. And this pandemic has been even harder with that. It gives them another reason not to be here. But I know that I pour into you. I can only, one thing that set me free as a pastor. Somebody told me, you are only responsible for giving your all to who's in front of you. Stop worrying about who's not here. And guys, for me, that's, that's what I've really had to work on. So today is a very personal message to me. It's Father's Day. I want us all to be Mordecai. I want you to be faithful. I want you to be kingdom-minded. I want you to have integrity. Because if you can do those three things, nothing can stop us. Nothing. So just a minute, we're going to have some worship. Uh, and our pastors are going to be here at the front to pray with you. I don't know if we'll have anybody in the back. Um, if we do, we do. If we don't, we don't. We'll be up here. Uh, but I want you to know this. If you want prayer for what we talked about today, awesome. We'd love to pray with you. But this time is not just for that. If you got something going on in your life you need prayer about, we'd love to pray for you. If you need some healing, if you need God to break break loose some things in your life, we'd love to pray for you. Don't worry about what everybody else thinks. If anybody judges you for coming up for prayer, they need to be the first person up here for prayer anyway. And don't worry about them. Jesus will handle it. But guys, I want to encourage you. Take some time. With all this noise around us, we have this next four or five minutes to worship him. So focus on what he's brought you here today. Let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be Mordecai. Help us to be faithful. Help us to have integrity. Help us to be kingdom-minded. Lord, help us to push away from jealousy, bitterness, never being satisfied with anything. And help us to focus in on what you've called us to do. Lord, we work so hard. And sometimes we're spinning our wheels, working on the wrong things. Help us to focus on your heart. Help us to focus on your things. For it's in Jesus' name we pray.